to all God's people in Philippi who are in union with Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and helpers. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I thank my God for you every time I think of you and every time I pray for you all. I pray with joy because of the way in which you have helped me in the work of the gospel from the very first day until now. And so I am sure that God, who began this good work in you, will carry it on until it's finished on the day of Christ Jesus. You're always in my heart, and so it is only right for me to feel as I do about you. For you have all shared with me in this privilege that God has given me, both now that I am in prison and also while I was free to defend the gospel and establish it firmly. God is my witness that I am telling the truth when I say that my deep feeling for you all comes from the heart of Christ Jesus himself. I pray that your love will keep on growing more and more, together with true knowledge and perfect judgment, so that you will be able to choose what is best. Then you will be free from all impurity and blame on the day of Christ. Your lives will be filled with the truly good qualities which only Jesus Christ can produce for the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, my brothers, that the things that have happened to me have really helped the progress of the gospel. As a result, the whole palace guard and all the others here know that I am in prison because I am a servant of Christ. And my being in prison has given most of the brothers more confidence in the Lord, so that they grow bolder all the time to preach the message fearlessly. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is taken from John 15, 26 to 16 and 15, and can be found on page 1083 and 1084 of the Bibles next to you, or it'll be on the screen. When the counsellor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And also, you must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you, so that you will not go astray. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he's offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known me, known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when the time comes, you will remember that I warned you. I did not tell you this at first because I was with you. Now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you're filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt 
in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. But he, the spirit of truth, comes. He will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will not speak only what he hears. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I send the Spirit. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Rowena. Rowena's going to share God's word with us. We'll just pray for her before she, um, she begins to share. So if you can all stretch out your hands to Rowena and just lift her up in prayer. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you've placed on Rowena's heart. Thank you for her passion for you. And thank you for her trust in you, Lord. Thank you that you're using her to do incredible things. And Lord, would you, would you clear any rubbish that's in her heart now? And Lord, would she only speak words that come from you? Anoint her lips, Lord. And would you open our hearts so that we will be transformed by your life-changing word? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening. Thanks. Some of you would have been here this morning and heard John Gray give uh, an excellent sermon on what it means to uh, witness to Jesus and his gospel. Uh, so my intention tonight is not to repeat uh, everything that he said this morning, um, but to bring out perhaps some other aspects of what it means to witness uh, to what Jesus has done for us. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at different aspects of prayer. We've looked at prayer for good works, prayer for fellowship, and for endurance. However, I feel that although these are all very important parts of it, what it is to be a Christian, prayer for witness, I feel, is something that should be bread and butter for us. It should be a core value, something that is just fundamental to our daily lives. What makes me say this? It's because Jesus expects it. We find that in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And later Luke says in Acts chapter 22 verse 15, for you will be a witness for him to everyone and what you have seen and heard. So here we have it, that Jesus expects us to be a witness. 
But Jesus doesn't expect us to do it all alone. He gives us his Holy Spirit. As we see in the first part of verse eight of Acts chapter one, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And in tonight's reading of, uh, from John's Gospel in verse 26 and 27, in the ESV version, it actually says, witness not testify. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So here we see that uh, God is uh, not only our witness, but the Holy Spirit bears witness and we too are all part and parcel of this. He was in fact here talking to his immediate disciples, but the invitation is now extended to us as we see in the Bible that Jesus calls us all to be his disciples. So that means you and me. But God doesn't leave us without any help. As we've seen, he sends us his Holy Spirit so that when we become Christians, we don't have to do it in our own strength. We have his Holy Spirit working within us. And that means that we now have first-hand knowledge of what Jesus has done for us because the Holy Spirit, who was a direct witness to Jesus, is within us. So we now have that spirit dwelling within us and we are able to be a first-hand witness because of what Jesus has done and is doing in us through the Holy Spirit. For some of us, that may actually be a direct word um, some people hear Jesus speaking to him or to them audibly, but for others, it's a slow-growing conviction and an understanding that's, uh, that we suddenly feel that the small voice of God speaking to us. But before we go any further, I think it's important just to um, look at what we actually understand by the word witness. Normally, it's associated with hearing or seeing an event that we've actually witnessed something happening. Some of us, uh, for instance, may have seen the spinnaker being repainted, fortunately blue, and others have recently seen Pompey play. And conversations easily flow because it's something that we've seen and experienced. And recently, my son got married, and because I was there, I've been very happy to tell everybody about that great day. And the same should be true when we talk about Jesus. It should be something that naturally just flows from our lips because it's good news. And it's something that we want to share with people that because of the Holy Spirit, we can witness because of what Jesus has done for us in our lives. We are witnesses to the Holy Spirit working within us. We can tell people because of what Jesus has done for us, we can tell others what he has done and what they too can receive. And I feel that as Christians, we've got no excuse. Um, because the Holy Spirit is now part of our lives, we are able to bear witness. So there's no excuse because the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us. 
God doesn't expect us to be able to witness alone because we'd fail, but God has sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within us. But we see in Paul's letter to the Philippians, he's implying a little bit more than just talking about Jesus. He's actually expecting us, and and certainly the Philippians, to live lives that are worthy of being a Christian. So what we do and what they did, how we act and behave are ways of witnessing. And Paul says in verse 27 that we should live a life worthy of being a Christian. So reading verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. If we look closely at verse 29, we see that we should be willing to suffer for him, just like Paul. And in fact, the Greek word for witness has the same root as the word martyr, So there is a much deeper meaning to the word witness than what we understand in English, that we should be willing to suffer, unlike Paul, in every situation, be it good or bad, have an opportunity to share the good news of what Jesus has done. And further on in the letter, we see that Paul also expects the Philippians to be imitators of Jesus, and they're also not to grumble, and they're not to be anxious, easier said than done. But then if we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within our lives, we are able to be effective witnesses because we're not doing it in our own strength, because in our own strength, we wouldn't be able to succeed. But if we allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within our lives, we will be able to be transformed. We will be able to trust him. And although it's not, uh, and certainly I'm, I, David will, will say that uh, I uh, too easily grumble and um, I do suffer from being anxious. But I know that if I trust in the Holy Spirit, uh, then these uh, grumblings and these anxious thoughts start to, to uh, pass away. But we also read that um, the Philippians were not only receivers of Paul's prayer, but they were partners. And we see that he prays for them to what is in effect to be good witnesses, but he also gives thanks for their prayers that he has been able to witness to those who have imprisoned him. So it's a real partnership. And interestingly, in the good news version of the translation which Claire read to us tonight, we see that Paul testifies that God is his witness so that the Philippians are able to trust him because the Philippians can actually ask God whether Paul is is being a faithful witness. So there is that conversation that the Philippians have been asked to have and we too can have that conversation with God. And in Paul's letter to the Colossians, we also see 
the importance of prayer and witness. And I shall read two verses from uh, Colossians chapter 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am now in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may now know how to answer everyone. So here we see that Paul sees the importance of prayer and that through prayer, we are able to be like Paul and like Jesus, effective witnesses, and that we should take every opportunity to share the good news. When my son started playing hockey, he didn't only talk about it, he had to get the kit and he had to start training and take a part in all the practice sessions. If he didn't take part in the practices, then when he came to play, it would have been a disaster. And it's similar for us as Christians, that we need the kit, which is our Bible, and we need to start practicing. And we practice being Christians by reading the Bible, praying, and allowing the Holy Spirit to change us. Otherwise, it's just going to be empty words, and we're going to be empty witnesses. I don't necessarily believe that actions speak louder than words, but if all we have is words and no actions, then our words can be pretty meaningless. And as Joss reminded us a couple of weeks ago, that we don't do good works to earn our place in the kingdom of God, but through the Holy Spirit, God can change us so that our lives can be a witness to him. And it's prayer that makes it all possible. And in a sense, that when we have an inner life of prayer, we have an outer life of witness. Prayer is, in fact, just conversation with God. It's communication, and that should be two-way. So when we spend time talking with God, his Holy Spirit can communicate with us. And I'm reminded of the opening verses of the Gospel that we had this evening, which says... When the Helper comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So we see it's a partnership. So can I encourage you all to take seriously being a witness for Jesus? I'm talking to myself as as much to you. When opportunities arise, let us not just uh, make an excuse and change the conversations, but let us be happy to talk about what should be so vital to us, so important to us, so bread and butter to us. If we're happy to talk about the events of a recent football match, or for me, my son's wedding, we too should be equally or even more happy to talk about Jesus. And the more we do it, the easier it will be. So can I encourage you tonight to be a faithful witness for Jesus, who is not uh, only a person that um, is in the Bible, but is a living God.
He is a real person who is alive today, that his kingdom is alive today, and that he is dwelling within us. Help us to be faithful, Lord. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you sent us your son to die in our place for all the things that we've done and that now we are part of your kingdom. Thank you that you've also given us your Holy Spirit to live within us, changing us, and that we don't have to struggle alone, doing your work in our own strength. In Jesus' name, we pray that with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will be faithful witnesses for you. Amen. Thank you, Verena.